0: Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our Ash Wednesday meditation, the Old Testament reading that we heard a few moments ago from Jonah chapter 3. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth. From the greatest of them to the least of them. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That was the beginning of the ministry of John the Baptist. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That was the beginning of the ministry of our Lord and Savior Jesus. From nearly the very beginning, that call to repentance has gone out. Ever since Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit and brought sin and its consequences crashing down on them and their descendants all the way to us. God in his love and mercy has issued a call to repent. It's a good thing. It's a God-pleasing thing. Poor, miserable sinners need to hear that call to repentance. Repentance has two parts. First, that we are genuinely sorry for our sin. And second, that we believe in the mercy and grace of God to forgive a poor miserable sinner like myself. That call to repentance has gone out and we see it throughout the pages of Holy Scripture. Faithful Noah for a hundred years as he built the ark was issuing a call to repentance. A call to repentance to the entire world. Lot, even though he shouldn't have moved there, issued a continual cry to repent to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Moses and Aaron both stood before Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world, and called him and his nation To repent. Nathan. Stood before the king. King David. King David who could have squashed him like a bug. He called him to repent. And said. Behold. You. Are the man. Jesus. And the apostles. Begged for Jerusalem and all the children of Israel to repent. That call to repentance goes out even today as faithful pastors and Christians cry that same powerful cry. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Our Old Testament reading picks up Jonah about halfway through the Jonah account. A marvelous account. Four short chapters. Make them a part of your Lenten devotion this year. We know the story of Jonah at least fairly well. Jonah was pegged by God for a very special job he was appointed to go to Nineveh one of if not the most important cities in the entire world and to issue a call to repent yet forty days and Nineveh will be destroyed now Jonah was no super saint as we can see in our book of Jonah especially chapter one God called Jonah to go and to preach Jonah was afraid Jonah did not trust God or his word he went the opposite direction He wanted to get away from God, to get away from the Word of God. And so he got on a boat full of Gentiles. There, he reasoned, he was safe. But God was not amused. This is what Luther says about Jonah at this time. Jonah sinned. As I said, in this respect, that he looked not to the word of God by whom he was being sent, but to the work itself to which he was being sent, and to the difficulty and magnitude of the work. For the flesh is not able to believe the word of God and entrust itself to God if it regards human advice and the possible outcomes. However, a right faith goes right on with it. Eyes closed. It clings to the word of God. It follows that word. It believes the word, even when all creatures are against it. Even if, even if it should seem to the flesh that nothing is less likely to happen than what the word once believed and to happen. Even if heaven and earth should first seem to be destined to pass away. Since Jonah did not do this, but looked at the magnitude and difficulty of the task, he could not be but afraid. Jonah was afraid. He was afraid for his own skin. We find out later He was afraid that these pagans might actually believe the word of God. He didn't want them in the kingdom. God caused a large storm to arise on the sea. Jonah knew what was going on. All of the sailors wanted to throw the cargo off. Jonah says, Throw me overboard. I'm the reason. He explained to the pagan sailors what God had called him to do. And amazingly the pagan sailors believed the Word of God that came out of Jonah's mouth. God was teaching Jonah how powerful the Word of God is. Jonah wanted to run. God used his words to convict and to convert and to save finally the sailors pitched him overboard a big fish swallowed up Jonah in Jonah chapter 2 we see Jonah's prayer a marvelous chapter almost a continuous sentence of Psalms Jonah knew the Word of God. In the belly of the fish he clung to the Word of God. He prayed to God for mercy. And God had mercy. God caused Jonah to be vomited up on the very shore where he was supposed to go. This is where our text for tonight begins. God gave Jonah a second chance. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of God. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Jonah learned his lesson. Jonah believed the power of God, the fear of God was strong in Jonah. And he went and he preached. But not even Jonah could have been prepared for what happened. Jonah preached, and the people heard it. And the people believed it, convicted of their sin. They clung to the mercy of this all-powerful God. The people, great and small, the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast, put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. And it wasn't only the common people. When this message of God through Jonah came to the king, the king of Nineveh, the king of Nineveh heard the word of God. He believed the Word of God my friends we see in the book of Jonah and especially this text we see how powerful and effective and active the Word of God is my friends The Word of God cannot be preached in vain. My friends, on this Ash Wednesday, God's Word for you is the same that it has been for His children throughout the centuries. Repent, for the Kingdom of God is at hand. We have grown tired and lazy and apathetic with regard to the Word of God. We doubt the power of the Word of God, and so we replace it with idols, false idols, false gods, idols of our own making. You know what I'm talking about. We replace the Word of God with the words of our own sinful heart. We replace the Word of God with the world and Satan. Oh, it doesn't happen quickly in most cases, but slowly, steadily, on a slippery slope destined for hell. We can look up and down the Ten Commandments and we can pick and choose which ones apply, generally the ones that apply to someone else rather than myself. We are comfortable with a little cheat now and then on our income taxes, a little gossip now and then behind someone's back even our own friend we mock authority and do our own thing we pervert God's gift of marriage and sexuality replacing it with with all kinds of sinful deviations and uh, perversions my friends God's call of repentance is for us right here and right now do we believe the word of God do we trust that the word of God is powerful enough to change my heart to change my attitude to change my wicked tongue or are we like Jonah part 1 and we run and we hide and we close our ears my friends the church is constantly under a call to repent and reform over the last few weeks you've probably noticed in the news of this huge Revival going on in Asbury, Kentucky. My friends, I find it ludicrous that people will drive hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles for an enthusiastic revival when they won't drive 10 minutes to their local church. The Word of God reforms us. The Word of God revives us. The Word of God gives us life and life to the full. Not enthusiastic shenanigans. Jonah was called to speak truth to power. But it wasn't just any truth to any power. It was the truth of God's Word. To the power that was subverting God's Word. Do we believe that the Word of God is powerful enough to change not only my heart, but to change our community and our culture and our nation and our world? Will we boldly speak the Word of God, the truth of God's Word? To those in our country and our world that are enamored with the religion of climate change and cultural Marxism? Or do we think things are too far gone? Or that the Word of God cannot change hearts, convict and convert and save? Like it did for Nineveh and Nineveh's king. Will we boldly speak the word of truth to the powers in this world that have declared abortion to be some high and holy secular sacrament? Or will we turn a blind eye and a deaf ear. My friends, our sins of apathy and indifference and silence are real. And on this Ash Wednesday, as God issues his call to repent, we turn not to ourselves. Not to our feelings, but we turn to the cross of Christ. There we see how seriously God takes sin. Where he took the guilt of sin, all sin, for all people, for all time, and laid it on his own dear son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has paid for our sins of apathy and indifference. Jesus Christ has paid for our chasing after false idols and listening to the voice of our sinful heart rather than the voice of the Word of God. My friends, the cross of Jesus Christ, the work that Jesus did there, is power as the word of God bled and died for you and for your sin the word of God Jesus Christ rose from the dead three days later never to die again this is the power that God has given you as he washed you in Good Friday and Easter in your holy baptism my friends on this Good Friday God calls you to trust the Word of God the Word that will convict you of your sin the Word that will convert and confirm you in the faith the Word That will save you today and for all eternity. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our repentance and faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.